Thanks for tuning in to this message. My name is Jared Piney. I'm the online pastor here at Pathway, and I'm here with one of our worship directors and online hosts, Maddie Seitz. We hope this message is a valuable resource to you and helps you grow deeper in your faith. If you consider yourself a Christian and this message blesses you, I hope you'd consider giving back to us at Pathway so we can continue connecting all people to Jesus and helping them become his fully devoted followers. Learn more at pathwaychurch.com forward slash giving. And if you decide to take a step in your faith after the message today, simply visit pathwaychurch.com forward slash next so we can help provide you with resources and partner with you in this journey. great weekend to be together. I'm so grateful to be here with all of you. And it's an exciting week, no matter where you're watching us, if you're at one of our locations or watching online, because today we're going to conclude our series, Relationship Goals. And I've loved this series because we've really got to dive into these goals that God has for all of our relationships. And relationships, really, our lives rise and fall by how these relationships go all around us in our lives. Now today what we're gonna look at is the relationship goal of crisis conquering. Now crisis affects all of us. If you're not in one right now, you will be in one eventually. Now as I told that to someone earlier today, a friend of mine, he told me, well, I'm in a crisis right now. And I said, what's what's your crisis? He said, my wife is leaving for the weekend and I have my kids all to myself all weekend. And I looked at him and I said, that is not a crisis, those are your children. So that's not the type of crisis we're talking about tonight. I'm talking about the type of crisis where we think about these words when it happens to us. We say, I didn't see that coming. Now, how many of you at all of our locations, watching online, you've said that? At one point in your life, I didn't see that coming. We've all been there, haven't we? Now, I don't know what your situation was, but I remember the first time I really said that, and I was 17 years old. And it was the summer And my brother was having health challenges and struggles. He was 15 years old. He went into the hospital, and I get a call from my parents back home that says, Ryan has been diagnosed 
with a very aggressive form of cancer. Some of you have had that. I didn't see it coming. Others have had a phone call of someone that was really close to you that died unexpectedly. Some of us have had the crisis of divorce papers showing up when we didn't expect it. You know, and even right here in our community, we had people that woke up one day in their house, and then at the end of the day, they're seeking shelter, and then their homes are destroyed in a tornado. They didn't see that coming. Now, whenever you get in one of these situations, relationships are really the most important thing. I remember when I had that journey with my brother, the relationships around me really determined whether I would conquer the crisis or the crisis would conquer me. Now, these key relationships in crisis, there's really two that we're going to talk about today. The first is relationships with friends. Now, I want everybody to think about if you had one of those moments where it was you didn't see it coming and that happened to you today, who is the person that you would call? Who would you call? There's one person probably that comes to mind for some of you, and it's really easy. And when you think of that person, they'll bring encouragement, they'll lift you up, I need them. But you know, the sad thing more than likely in this world, even as we think about this, is that there's more people in our world now, they don't even know who they'd call. That's the world we live in. What are you going to do, Facebook message somebody, something like that? You probably don't even have their phone number. You see, we're in a crisis in many ways, and we're not prepared for the crisis that will come. The second relationship that everyone wrestles with, no matter where they're at in their faith, is their relationship with God. Now, I remember going through this, but it can either be good or bad. What can happen when you get into a crisis is you begin to ask God questions. No matter you follow him or not, you're like, God, why did you allow this to happen? God, what is the purpose for this crisis that is in my life? Why do I have to go through this? And what I've seen happen is your relationship with God really goes one of two ways. Either you get closer and you conquer the crisis with God, or it actually drives you away from God. You see, these relationships are so important. Our relationships with our friends and our relationship with God as we go through crisis, and ultimately each and every one of us want to conquer it. Now, Jesus' own disciples had a crisis of their own. They had a crisis, and actually Jesus brought the crisis to them. You see, Jesus called all of these men to follow him. They dropped their fishing nets. They left everything they had. They left their families just to follow him. And it was over a period of about three years. And then Jesus calls a meal one night. We call it the Last Supper. And he gathers his disciples, and he drops a crisis right in their lap. You see, they were thinking that what was going to happen was Jesus was going to walk into Jerusalem. He was going to become king, kick the Romans out, and they were going to rule with him. But instead, Jesus says that he is going to be killed at the hands 
of the Jewish leaders. That he's going to be killed and he's going to die. They're going to scatter. They're going to be afraid. And they're going to be persecuted. That sounds like a crisis to me. You have to think about yourself being one of those men. Hearing this. And you know, they're just like us. They ask a lot of questions. And so Jesus tried to answer some of their questions. And he said this in John 16, 16. Jesus said, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. You see, Jesus is trying to help them. He's trying to show them that death is followed by resurrection, but they are so overcome by the crisis. What they began to do is they ask questions. They're like, what is he talking about? This sounds crazy. And so then Jesus goes into it a little more and he says, you're going to suffer. You're going to have grief. Then you're going to have joy. And then you'll be my witnesses. And that's going to be a crisis all in itself. But the most profound words that I believe Jesus says to us, that he said to his disciples, and I want you to think about this. His disciples were his relationships. He wanted to show them how to conquer this crisis. And so he said this in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, crisis. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now in that moment when he said that, it didn't help them that much. They were freaking out. That's what was happening. But for us, we have to acknowledge that in this world, we will have trouble. Crisis is coming. And God has put relationships, relationship with him, and then relationships with our friends so that we can conquer crisis. And so today, what I wanted to do is I wanted to really have someone share with you how they are conquering crisis in the process of this. And his name is Mike Church. Now, Mike, back in January, had an unexpected thing happen where it was, I didn't see that coming. I was actually getting ready here at Pathway Church to give a message on a Sunday morning, and I get this text message from his wife, Laura. Please pray for us. Michael is at the ER, and they found a mass on his brain. Now this text message went all over the place. People at all of our locations prayed for Mike, but he found out that he had a very aggressive form of brain cancer. But I want you to know that if you're willing to conquer crisis with Jesus, it becomes news because that's what Jesus does. And they actually made a news story about Mike's journey. Check this out. And from one celebration to another, a Wichita athletic director leaving the hospital today to confetti and a whole lot of cheers. As Kaysen's Craig Andrews shows us, this AD has a fighting spirit. Michael Church is a fighter with faith, getting his last cancer treatment for aggressive brain cancer. He takes a knee with staff. 
outside family and friends surprise him on his journey. It was, uh, this is just a tiny portion of our army of prayer warriors and support. Um, so it was fun just to let them enjoy the celebration too. I just concentrate on the day right now. Win the day, every day. Michael stands firm now with his friends in his fight as well as his faith. I get to live with the clarity of, I might not wake up tomorrow, but also with the hope and faith that I'm gonna live 40 more years. So. Uh, he shines bright and he's loud about it and uh, he's not afraid um, and it's just an encouragement to me always to um, to live out loud live out loud for the Lord and, and be a light for others you release it and let everyone know that you did it God and you did it they say this journey's not over but just beginning wherever it takes them God did this I just got to be a spectator hey, bye, <laughs> Craig Andrews reporting there, and many people with this type of cancer may only live a couple years. Michael says he's ready for anything. Tomorrow, he goes back to work at Heights High. Well, Pathway family, help me welcome Mike Church. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Thank you. So cool to have someone from our family who really can help us learn about conquering crisis. And I do have to say the reason... We showed that video and that news story is because I kind of rode your coattails. I was in there for like three seconds, popping one of the confetti cannons. So thanks for giving me some news coverage. I appreciate that a we lot. We knew you like to blow up I know things. you all saw it, so I wanted to clarify that I was in that story. Yes, you were. We were proud of you. <laughs> so we can move on from there. We so can. Mike... I do want you to share a little bit of your journey because a news story gives us a glimpse, but really the, the journey from January to where we are now, and it, it, it has been a difficult one, but also in many ways an amazing one. Yeah, it was what you said. I didn't see that coming. I went to work. I'm the athletic director at Wichita Heights High School, and um, I went to work that morning to run a basketball tournament, and by that evening, um, I was dizzy. My right side had gotten heavy. Um, I had my blood pressure shot to 177 over 117, and, and I knew something wasn't right. And 24 hours later, I was told that I had a mass on my brain, um, a 5 by 3 centimeter tumor. Didn't know what it was yet. I call it the vanilla wafer. It was like this big. Um, right here, if you see the scar. But um, so, yeah, and then uh, right, right then, it was scary. And the, doc the doctor and me and Laura are in there. My wife is Laura. She's amazing. And... She, I look at her and I just say, I'm going to beat this. Like, that was my first thought. Like, no time to cry. Or let's, I'm going to beat this. And that was flawed thinking. It was very flawed thinking. But anyways, so I had brain surgery. Uh, two days later, they removed the tumor. God's first blessing. They said they resected the tumor fully, 100%. Um, of course, with the type of cancer that I have, it's prone to come back. Um, I don't believe that. We'll get into that later. But... Um, so two weeks later, we find that we go in to find out what type of cancer I have because I was told then it was malignant. Um, and then it was, it was geoblast, glioblastoma multiform. And um, obviously, that wasn't good news. Um, you know, don't get on the internet. That's dumb. Um, don't but, diagnose yourself on the internet. Yeah. It's never good, right? Of course, if the internet will say I'll, I'll be dead after Christmas this year. So I don't believe that, and, and it, it, we're just going forward. But again... Me and Laura were leaving the doctor's office, and she said, I'm not doing life without you. And I go, you don't have to. I'm going to beat this. Again, flawed thinking, right mindset, wrong, flawed thinking. And from there, 
I just found out that I was in the fight for my life. And, uh, and it was time to go to work and get right with God. Yeah, man, I remember when I heard the news and anyone that's walked with you and loves you, it was like a sinking feeling. And, you know, it was difficult news for us. And sure. I can't imagine the weight for you and Laura. I mean, we tried to carry you, but it was hard. So before we go into more of the story, is I do want to introduce your family. And so you're not even going to believe how good look of a family I got a good look of wife, for sure. Like, he doesn't deserve Laura, and then he did deserve Kendrick. Yeah, I deserve, Kendrick is karma. Kendrick is mini Mike. Pre-Jesus days. And, it, and he's crazy awesome, though. Yes. Crazy awesome. I love That's, him. Yes. And so, um, he's amazing. It, you've been blessed with relationship yeah. with your family. I mean, you have an amazing wife. But there's something that you, uh, you know, you reached out to me. We were probably like a week or so in. Sure. And you're reading in the book of James, and you were like, you know what? I want to have the elders of the church come and pray for me, pray for healing, and anoint me with oil. And we have done this before. We do this for anybody that asks. Normally, there's seven to ten of us that uh, gather, and then we pray for the person. Normally. But... It's like a party broke out at this prayer gathering. And so here's a picture of it. And so it was like 80 people crammed in the, in the Goddard office over at our Goddard campus. I'm in the middle of that pile. He, he's in the middle somewhere. <laughs> and it was yeah. amazing. Yes. Like it was amazing. And so when you think about the relationship goal of conquering crisis, when I was standing in the middle praying, and then I was like, you have a game plan for how these are supposed to go? I was like, I've never done this with 80 people. Like, we all had to learn together. Yes. And um, the thing that I thought was God had prepared you. You had prepared for the crisis that was coming because of all the relationships of the people around you. Yes. Just talk about what that moment meant for you, and then also just the people that have been walking alongside sure. you through this whole thing? Well, in 2010, on this very stage, I went under the same water and was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and fully accepted him as the remote control of my life. Like, he, he's telling me what to do. Yeah. And from that day forward, my life was changed. I was a new human being, and I began to develop relationships throughout the church, pastors, my school, you know, everywhere, like, people that are like-minded believers, I began to develop these relationships through home teams, through starting point. We taught starting point. There was so many opportunities for me to serve in the church, high school ministry, middle school ministry, that, that I got to thousands of people. And from there, um, that was the first thing that I went to. I mean, those are my people that were going to stand by me in crisis and, and be with me. And those are my prayer warriors. And, and the power of prayer is real. And so why would I not go with my like-minded believers and people that, that know Jesus to petition on my behalf with me? And uh, it, it was an enlightening experience. That, that whole thing, that party, it was amazing. Um, I just didn't have, I have no words for that except for it was, you know, we got to worship. We did three worship songs that, for those of you who know Caleb Tobias, that those were the songs that they sang by his bed when he was critically ill and possibly not going to make it. And to find out that they sang those same songs over me was overwhelming. And I was crucial to what I feel is my healing process. Yeah it, yeah, it was so awesome. And I think one of the things that we all have to acknowledge and learn from today is we can't wait 
till the crisis comes to have the relationships that God's going to use to lift us up. Correct. And so that's what, that's what happened for you. And so I want to kind of go through Jesus's words and really have you explain to them. You're, you're the expert because you're in the middle of conquering crisis. And so Jesus told us this is in crisis, peace is possible. That just sounds weird when you say it. But these are his words. This is what he said in the scripture. Is he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. So what, what does peace look like for you? Where have you found peace in the midst of conquering crisis? It's very strange because... In the fight of my life, I feel like I'm at the most peace I've ever been at in my whole life. Um, I, I turned to God, and I had to clean my house with God first. Obviously, I was baptized in 2010, and I'm a believer, but we all have those hot and cold seasons where we're on fire for God, and we're serving for God, and all of a sudden, we get numb for a little bit, and then we find ourselves back and, and back and forth. And I don't, I don't know if I was in a cold season, but... Um, I turned to God, you know, I, I went to the scripture and, and, uh, James or Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, come to me, petition me with full trust and you will have what you want. And I was like, okay, God, let's do this. I'm coming to you. And then he, of course the James, um, you know, the, um, petition and prayer, anoint the oil, the pastor's anointing and oil. Um, I was like, I got to follow God's recovery map. This is, this is not, again, I am not beating nothing. I am a human being. God can beat something that... That was your flawed thinking is what you were talking about. Yeah, my flawed thinking was I'm not beating, you know, nothing. God is going to beat this, and only God can take terminal and turn it into a miracle. I can't do that. So, therefore, I was moving forward. I was getting right with God, and, uh, and, you know... To wait, the way to clean that house, go to God, ask for forgiveness for everything you've done. He wants to forgive you. He, he will forgive you. That's, that's, that's a given. That's his words. Number two, go find those relationships that you have in your life that are in turmoil and, and ask for healing with those. Forget, just forgive it because there's nothing bigger out there than the, the relationship you have with God. And I'm a believer that all of our hurt and our wounds and our sickness is, comes from wounds in our souls. And that, that's what the devil and demons attach to is those wounds in your soul. And by getting rid of those wounds, by forgiving and reaching out for God and asking him to take it away, right there is the opportunity to send the devil fleeing and running and, and for healing to take place. And so um, just go to that. And, you know, I, I, I petition him with a thankful heart. Thank you, God, for this experience. Thank you for this journey. Thank you for this church. Thank you for... I, I want to be thankful because... Even, I, he didn't give me cancer. I, I 0% believe that. But he's going to use the cancer that was given to me t- for something good. And there's going to be somebody in this room, and I pray that today is not a believer. They're going to raise their hand today. And you're going to say, I'm going with God from here on out. And that's my mission, and that's how I've dealt with God. And, and that's how I clean my closet with God. And that's how I'm moving forward for sure. Man, at peace. That's one thing. I, I, I'm always inspired when he talks about that because... Peace is possible. He focuses on God, and it gives him a new purpose, which is truly amazing. And it's been inspiring to watch, and God is using that story in so many ways. 100%. He's using it today, but he's been using it big time. And so peace is possible. Yeah. So the second thing that Jesus points to, which is hard for us in our human nature to understand, is that in crisis, 
overcoming is inevitable. Like it's happening. Yeah. Overcoming is inevitable. So Jesus said this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You've experienced some trouble, right? But take heart, for I have overcome the world. You know, when you think about overcoming being inevitable, and I, I love when you talk about this part, mm-hmm. is how have, how have you just seen that? Because you have dark days. You have lots, you have lots of dark days maybe sometimes, right? Quite dark moments throughout the day. Sure. But, and you know there's no guarantee to the end of this journey. No. But you believe that overcoming is inevitable. Yes. Talk about that, man. Well, number one, like, God has given me so many signs and communications. Um, on the day, I remember a time where things got quiet. You know, when you first get diagnosed, everybody wants to come around. They're going to come say hi. You get lots of visitors, phone calls, texts, cards. And things had gotten quiet for a week or so, and I was, and it was a morning, I was feeling some super anxiety, I, the devil was just beating me up, and I got a text message um, from a, I call him my blastoma brother, Jake James, and he sent me scripture, and then I had prayed to God, like, help me with this anxiety, I needed to go away, and on that day, when I hadn't heard from somebody in quite a while, I heard from 14 people that day of Bible verses, you know, just encouragement, etc. And it was like, how, how I believe God's listening. And so what, what he revealed to me though, what we're getting to is that I get to live in clarity, like more clarity, gospel living. Matthew 6, 34 says, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's troubles are enough. And so taking that verse, that is gospel living. Jesus is sitting right here with me right now. I am living in the presence of God always. And if I, as long as I'm open and realize it, he is always with me. And I get this clarity that I might not wake up tomorrow. Like, stats say I might not wake up soon. But also, through my faith in God, the mighty healer, the one that heals everything, can take terminal into a miracle. Through that, I might live 50 more years. I plan on living 50 more years. And so that clarity just tapping into God and what he wants to do for you. He's a healer and he, he wants us to build that relationship. He wants us to get connected, connected with him, connected with the church, fellow believers, like-minded believers. He wants us to get connected with non-believers because he wants us to take the non-believer. And like I say, God is my head coach. I'm, he's blazing the trail. I'm following God's heels, and I hope I got a thousand people behind me with me that I've taken with us. So, if not more, ten thousand or a million, and uh, that's my goal. And tap into God. It's awesome. So, what I want to do right now, and I, I, I've told everybody all week, this is a little dangerous. I'm going to kind of <laughs> let him tell us what we need to know through the clarity. I especially want you to share about the terminal thing and about how we should think about that because in essence oh yeah we're all terminal right absolutely so when we went to md anderson the doctor said this was terminal cancer um there is no cure um she's doing her job and she was and she's awesome but uh first obviously it punches you it sucks the wind out of you and then i just got to thinking and praying and i and i started chuckling and I'm like, 
terminal can't everybody in this room is terminal like if if you didn't know that yeah. today when you walked in you're gonna die you're someday. all terminal yes we're all gonna die someday. everybody if you're watching this you're terminal we're all terminal yeah and i just like again only our god can take terminal and turn it into a miracle he we will die someday and the miracle will be we will get to go be with him and we will be alive and that's my clarity on that that I get to live day to day in the presence of God. It's so grateful. I get to live day to day in the presence of God, and he is going to take terminal and turn it into a miracle. And that is why every doctor and anybody that has cancer will probably say I'm irresponsible for saying this, but this is why I truly claim it in the name of Jesus that I am healed. I no longer have cancer because I trust my God that much that he could take away terminal and make it a miracle and throw it away and it no longer will come back. And that's what I'm relying on from here on out. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So cool. So one last thing I want you to talk about is um, what would you tell us with the clarity that you have about how we live, you know, and about what is important and what we should do now? Well, and I alluded to it earlier, to getting connected. Um, we are in a weird time where people have more devices and ways to communicate with each other, yet our people are the loneliest. They have the most anxiety. They're the sickest. The suicide rate's the highest. It's, we have so many opportunities to be connected, yet we're the loneliest and the most depressed we've ever been. And that's why I say we got to get connected with each other as a community. Believers, non-believers, all have to get together, become like-minded. Um, we're, I'm doing an event at Wichita Heights High School, a, a concert, a Christian concert um, on, the tur- in the, on the stadium, on the turf field. It's a free concert on um, May 22nd. At, gates will open at 630. It is free. What, we are go- what our goal is, is gospel living, that we are going to take the community, Goddard, Mays, Andover, Wichita, Valley Center, all of anybody that's met Cheney, the metro area, that we want you to come and worship. And it's a Christian singer on the turf field. It is free, and we are going to hear messages of hope. We are going to get connected in a way with each other that we don't have to compete with each other as enemies, but we can all love each other. We can love each other and do this life with each other. And through that, you will see a revival in healing. I'm going to speak at the beginning of that. Um, I got 30 to 45 minutes. And then Laurel Taylor, who is an artist from Nashville, is coming in, and she's doing a concert for almost free for us because she felt Kansas on her heart. And I think that it's time to revive our community and get us all on the path to Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. So awesome. So, Mike, as we think about our relationship goal of conquering crisis and we think about our relationship with God and then relationship with others, as you think about even, I I go back to that picture of that prayer gathering. Like, how can we, like, learn from your experience about the personal step that each of us needs to take about getting connected, like you said. Yeah, I mean, the first step is petition our God. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. To, he wants to embrace you, hug you, love you. Go petition him. Ask him for forgiveness and accept him. And number two, get plugged in. Get plugged into your church. Get plugged into your community. It, whether you attend here or not, it doesn't matter on a normal basis. Go get plugged into a community of like-minded believers and move forward with them. There is nothing that can't be done with a group of like-minded believers in Christ. And God can take all of us in this room, 
be connected, love each other, pray for each other, petition, for God, petition God for each other. There's nothing our God won't do or can't do for us if you just get with God, get plugged in, get to a home team, get to a starting point, get plugged into your church, whatever church you go to, because there's nothing more powerful than the wave and the spirit of God. He left us Jesus, who left us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and his presence is with us right now. And I would say, don't wait. Don't wait till you're in crisis to start this process. I believe that's why I got a head start, because my process started 12 years ago. Don't wait. Do it now. Hmm. There's no reason to wait anymore. That's awesome. You know, I think some of us, we do wait. Because we have so many other things in our lives that seem to be important. But when you get in crisis, there's only two things. Our relationship with God and then our relationship with others. And so as we close, we need to think about where we're at. Like, who would you call? Do you have an army? Like, Mike really does have an army behind him. It's crazy. Do you have an army behind you? And you can engage in that before the crisis comes. But it has to be important to you. It was important to Jesus. You see, Jesus told his disciples these things so that they would be prepared for the crisis that was coming. He's telling us these things so that we're prepared. Because in this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. But that's not the last thing he said. It's not the last thing he did at the Last Supper. He prayed. And so what I want to do right now is I'm going to have Mike read a part of that prayer. And it's actually a prayer that is to all of us. It's a prayer to all of us. So as he reads this, we're going to bow our heads, close our eyes at all of our locations as he reads this. And we're going to close with Jesus' prayer. This is his heart for you. For you to have what Mike's talking about. For us to truly engage in what really matters in life. And this is Jesus' relationship goal for all of us. So bow your heads, close your eyes as we listen to Mike read this and we pray together. These are the words of Jesus. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be as one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, as we continue to pray and we hear Jesus' heart for the oneness that we can have with you and the oneness that you desire for us to have with each other, God, forgive us for when we've placed more important things in front of those relationships. God, I pray as we close this series that, God, our relationship goal would be what Jesus prayed. That, God, that we could be one as Jesus, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. God, I just pray that, Lord, you would do a work inside of each and every one of us. That, God, Lord, that you would continue to work on us to seek out the people that you've placed in our lives. 
That God, that you would really use those relationships in powerful ways to know that the people that you've placed in our lives are a gift from you in order that we can conquer crisis. God, I know that for all of us that we have not been as committed to these relationship goals that Jesus laid out as we should be. That God, we feel like a conviction in our soul that we need to take this more seriously. That God, we need to take action in our relationship with you and our relationship with others. God, I pray that right now in people's minds you'd be bringing just the courage to step into a home team, into a small group, a community, so that they could find that relationship with others. That God, today would be the day that they would get right with you, they would confess their sins, that they would forgive others. That God, we would know that you are the path. But God, we know that we need your help in order to do this And so, God, I want to give everyone the opportunity to declare their commitment, God, to the relationship goal of loving you and our commitment to others like never before. And so right now, if you know you need God's help to do that, I just want you to raise your hand boldly right now as a sign to him that you're in, that you want his help, that you know you've fallen short and you need his help to do that. Raise your hand right now, no matter where you're at, at all of our locations, raise your hand. Watching online as well, let me pray for all of you. Father, I thank you, God, for what you do. God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are taking a bold step today. God, I pray that we would have the relationship goals that you desire for us. So that one day when crisis comes, God, that through the power of those relationships, our relationship with you and our relationship with our friends, that God, you can help us conquer the crisis that lies before us. God, today, we continue to pray for healing for Mike. God, we know that the healing that he's experienced is just not physical. But God, we pray for the spiritual healing that he's experienced for each and every one of us as well. God, I also know today that there's many that are here and many watching this, that they have never had a right relationship with you. That, God, they've never, they've never accepted Jesus to be the leader and the Savior of their life. And I want you to know today that God has been waiting, that he is ready for you. All you need to do is accept him. And so today, if you would like to take a step into that relationship with him, I just want to invite you to pray this simple prayer with me in the quietness of your heart. Father, I know that I've fallen short. And my sin and my shame and my guilt has separated me from you. But today, Jesus, I can lay those things down because of what Jesus has done for me through his perfect work on the cross. I now can grab hold of the grace and the forgiveness that he offers me. And today I can live a new life, the life that is truly life, and I accept that through the gift that is only found in him. Now with everybody's head still bowed and eyes still closed, If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I just want to invite you to declare that decision to God very boldly by raising your hand as a sign to him of the decision that you made and so that I can pray for that decision no matter where you're at. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Awesome. I see you. I see you. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for those who have stepped into a new relationship with you today. 
God, we are so grateful for what you are doing in them. God, we pray that your spirit would guide them. They would, that you would guide them into the relationship with you and relationship with others that can help us conquer any crisis that lay in our path. God, we pray that you would continue the work that you started in each of us. That God, your relationship goals for us that Jesus prayed for, that we could experience them and live them like never before. God, we're so grateful for you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' blessed name.